Hi, I'm Liz Munoz, CEO of Torrid, and at Torrid, we know how hard it is to find clothes that fit great and feel super comfortable, especially if you're a bigger or curvy girl. So when we couldn't find the perfect jean, we built the perfect jean. We call it the bombshell, and it truly does it all. It lifts, it shapes, it smooths, but the first thing you'll notice when you put them on, most comfortable jeans ever. Honestly, they're magic. So come to Torrid.com and try your first pair of bombshell jeans today. The Leslie Marshall Show, a true democracy in talk radio. Of, for, and by you, the people. from Washington, D.C. every Wednesday from 3 to 4 p.m. for an hour-long Generation Progress Takeover. Check us out at genprogress.org or on Twitter at genprogress. Hi. Hello. Welcome to the Generation Progress Takeover of the Leslie Marshall Show. Um, I'm your co-host, Adoa Theogene, and I'm joined by... Hi, and I'm your other co-host, Emily Leach. Good to be on air with you, Edwith. Thank you. Great to be on air with you, too. Um, Emily is part of Team GP, but you don't normally host the show. Are you excited to be with us today? Yeah, I'm usually a little more behind the scenes, but it's uh, yeah, it's great to be on, and I'm excited for this conversation. Awesome. Cool. Well, uh, today's show is really exciting because we've discussed voting rights um, a lot on this show over the past year. Um, States across the country have introduced and passed restrictive voting laws that threaten to reduce participation in democracy. And meanwhile, advocates have pushed Congress to pass federal legislation protecting voting rights. Um, Two of these bills, the For the People Act and the John Lewis Voting Rights Advancement Act, have now passed uh, by the House of Representatives and now face decisions in the Senate. The John Lewis Voting Rights Advancement Act literally passed um, the House of Representatives last night which is really amazing. Um, The For the People Act has already met considerable opposition at the Senate level, but Majority Leader Schumer has indicated that passing the bill and the Voting Rights Advancement Act will be priorities once the Senate returns from recess in September. Despite the fact moving this legislation forward has been slow work, advocates are working harder than ever to make sure that voting rights are protected. And in many ways, the momentum behind this moment is only building. Um, this Saturday, August 28th, many people will be marching here in Washington, D.C. and other cities across the country to demand action to protect voting rights as part of the March on for Voting Rights. To talk with us more about this march, the role that young people play in the voting rights movement, and how people can get involved, we're joined by two expert guests. We have Yasmin, the March on Voting Rights National Partnerships Coordinator with the Future Coalition. Hi, Yasmin. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Thanks for joining us. And we also are joined by Azalea, um, the Director of Communications for the Future Project. Hi, Azalea. Hi, y'all. Thank you so much for having me today. Thanks. Thank you both for joining us. We're excited to dig in into this really great um, and important topic. Uh, to get us started, 
Yasmin, um, could you tell us a little bit about the mission of the Future Coalition and what your role is with the organization? Yeah, yeah. Um, hi, everyone. So Future Coalition is um, a youth-led youth -led youth activism org. So their mission is to really engage um, youth in electoral politics. Um, the unique thing, again, about it is that it's fully youth-led except one or two adult supporters. So I'm an adult supporter. Um, and most recently, I helped build a coalition of youth activists in New York City where they were doing organizing around uh, the primaries and they created this uh, policy that they got a bunch of candidates to sign on to. So it was really awesome. And as an adult supporter, um, I do a lot of the logistics, but they take the lead and, and I follow their lead. So it's a, it's a really great position to be in. And I love working also with the, all the staff on Future Coalition and Azalea is one of them who's a rising freshman, very exciting. Oh, nice. Yeah, Azalea, uh, can you tell us a bit about how you came to your work with the Future Coalition? And as a young person, why do you feel so passionate about this movement, especially during your freshman, your rising freshman year? Yeah, absolutely. So just a quick correction, I'm actually a rising sophomore in college. Oh, sorry, Azalea. <laughs> oh, no, you're totally kidding with me. Um, we don't get much time to talk about personal stuff anyway. So I basically my first association with Future Coalition um, was in the climate justice movement around 2018. Um, Future Coalition kind of came to its inception in 2018 with the original march out, um, the march out of high schools and schools all across the country um, in the March for Our Lives movement and helped coordinate a coalition of youth around the gun, gun violence movement and then found that there was kind of a crucial gap in youth organizing spaces, specifically grassroots spaces across the country. And that, um, for example, the climate justice movement, the gun violence prevention movement, and then later on um, election spaces in New York, the New York City local elections, and then the um, Georgia elections in 2020, this past winter, um, required a much larger presence of youth voices and that we needed to have an organization that was focused on uplifting youth that was simultaneously led by youth. And so now we've kind of, after almost three full years of organizing, have come to a space where we're in collaboration with adult organizations as we have always and are kind of using all of the previous organizing we've done as a catalyst um, to work on voting rights. Awesome. It's great to hear. So basically, Azalea, you came to this space like through climate justice to gun, gun violence prevention work and connecting it to uh, voting rights, which is very intersectional. Um, can you, Azalea, at a high level, tell us like what is the March on Voting Rights and why did the Future Coalition choose to get involved in this project? Yeah, absolutely. So the March on for Voting Rights is essentially as you stated before, it's a march that's happening on Saturday with the sole goal of energizing advocates and people all across the country in almost 50 states. That's me and Yasmin's personal mission for this today to get it to 50 states. Um, hell yeah. Hell yeah. Around, <laughs> around <laughs> and ensuring that our futures are protected and our ability to advocate for the progressive change that we need is protected across the country. Awesome. Um, and Yasmin, as partnership coordinator, which organizations have come together to support this march? How many people we got at the table? 
Oh my God. It's pretty exciting. Um, right now, as of today, we have 262, I believe. Um, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's incredible. We, um, and also a goal is to get to 300 by Saturday. So we are always looking for um, more partners. Generation Progress, of course, is partnered with us, which we are so forever grateful for. Um, and it's also been just really amazing creating all these partnerships because, you know, obviously the the work doesn't end after this March. Um, and now I feel like, you know, we're just expanding the coalition of groups that are working together for this cause. So it, it's been and sorry, just to just add to that. Um, we also in, in those 260 groups, um, we've hit 33 states. So exactly what Azalea just said, we, we, we want to hit them all. That's awesome. Um, and then all of those different groups that are there too, do they range through a variety of different issue areas? Are they focused on different things? So is mm -hmm. it like an eclectic group or... Yeah, I, I love that question. It, it actually is, which is pretty awesome. You know, we have um, a lot of national groups that definitely focus on democracy-focused issues, um, fixing the Senate, pu pushing the For the People Act and John Lewis Voting Rights Advancement Act in general. But then we also have groups that focus on specific issue areas. We even have some community center groups um, on the local level that have joined in Um we have women's rights groups, reproductive rights groups, climate groups, environmental groups, racial justice groups, black women groups. Um, it really does run the gamut, which has been so awesome to see everyone come together and rally around voting rights, because obviously this is an intersectional issue. Right. And um, it would it would definitely um, be be a failure on our end if we didn't get um, representatives of all the issues and of all the people Absolutely. that are in this country. Sorry, I'm going to cut you off really quickly, Yasmin, but we're super excited to jump back into this conversation after this quick commercial break. Oh, thank you. Oh, sorry, Mark. Well, uh, yeah, sorry. We actually have one more minute until break. Um, I cut us off a little bit too early, but um, we're really excited to come back to this conversation and talk a little bit more about um, what's going on with this march that's happening on Saturday, who's involved, um, and what we're going to be doing within the broader voting rights space. I know that we've done a lot of work um, over the last uh, several weeks um, in the lead up to the August recess. And um, as that recess comes back to a close, we're eager to see what the Senate's going to be able to do um, as they come back. But yeah, so after this quick break, um, we will come back with more on the March on for Voting Rights. If you miss Leslie on TV this week, catch up at lesliemarshallshow.com. Hello, and welcome back to the Generation Progress Takeover of the Leslie Marshall Show. Um, on the show today, we are talking about the March on for Voting Rights, um, and we're joined by two expert guests from the Future Coalition, um, Yasmin Guadalia and Azalea Danes. So thank you so much both for, for being on the show with us. Um, so thank you. Back, thanks. Yeah, so jumping back into the conversation that we left off on, um, Yasmin, you were talking a little bit about the uh, different organizations that have partnered for the march. 
um, and how people are coming together. So I was wondering if you could talk a little bit more about some of the issues that are at play here and, and how um, some of those issues are intersecting with voting rights in this current moment. Yeah. Um, it, yeah. I mean, it, it's such a loaded question, right? Because everything, honestly, is at play here. I think as we have seen how um, our so-called leaders have responded to um, the right to vote, it clearly affects everything, right? It's a women's right issue. It's a racial issue. Um, it's it's a gender issue. It's a sexuality issue. Um, as we see them creating more laws to make it harder and harder to vote and to suppress the right to vote, it's only ripping away our democracy. So in all, everything is on the line right now. Um, and I think that's what's really cool about so many groups coming together, because unfortunately, everyone recognizes that. I mean, I, I think most recently what's been going on in Texas and the warrant out for um, representatives arrests, to me, that has been so mind boggling because it kind of just shows um, what people can figure out to do and how much of a slippery slope this is. So we need these pieces of federal legislation that really says once and for all, our voting rights are protected, um, especially for our black and brown uh, brothers and sisters and friends and families uh, in this country. Uh, it's it, For years, this has been happening. That's no surprise to anybody. Um, but I think what is so shocking is seeing it go into writing again. So we definitely need to be standing standing up for this. And I want to pass it on to Azalea to also talk about, this is something we really spoke about at our youth event on Monday, just as even people who can't vote because they're not eligible because of their age or citizenship status or incarceration status, depending on the state that you're in, um, this also means so much. So I want to pass it to Azalea to, to speak on that question as well. Yeah, thank you, Yasmin. Um, I think you've made some really amazing points there. I think particularly as we've seen a rise in youth advocacy in the past couple of years as it surrounds the Black Lives Matter movement and the climate justice movement and others, there has been this constant conversation about the necessity to connect on the ground action to legislative change. And that is not possible unless the all 50 states in our union and you know every single community that has historically been disenfranchised in terms of their voting rights has the ability to connect grassroots action to legislative action, whether it be local or on a federal level. Um, and I think that it has, it, it, you know, the, the amount of voter disenfranchisement that has been passed, you know, 400 laws in almost, I think it's like the past year in 49 states, I think had the, had the potential to make it more difficult for youth and in particular, and Gen Z in particular, to want to get involved in advocacy for the issues that they care about. But the reality is, is that the, the, these issues, regardless of the disenfranchise, disenfranchisement that occurs on a regular level, like, are so important that youth realize that, that it's just a consistent concern and it, they have to be consistently acted upon. Um, and I think that we've seen specifically with this march and with all of the virtual events that we have going on this week that center youth and disenfranchised communities in particular, that even like all of the redaction of process that we progress that we've seen in the past year is absolutely not 
stopping people's desire to make concrete change. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm really glad that you brought up, you know, kind of this being something that's going to affect young people disproportionately. Um, And obviously we saw in the last election in November, there was this huge uptick in youth participation and something that, you know, we were all really excited to see. And it's hard not to feel like this is a little bit of a a backlash what's happening at the state level um, to pass these restrictive voting laws. So I was wondering, um, kind of on that note, Azalea, if you could talk a little bit more about um, why you think that, you know, young people are getting involved in this march specifically and and how young people have been leading um, on other kind of elements of the voting rights movement recently. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think it goes back to my the point that I made earlier and that the main catalyst in the past couple of years for youth advocacy and youth action in terms of activist issues, um, one, the Black Lives Matter movement and the climate justice movement, and then also the 2016 election. And with all of these things, what we've seen is that at the end of the day, after grassroots action, after in-person protests, marches, whatever, the, the thing that people really strive to do is to create le- legislative change and to enact to elect progressive representatives and youth after you know having an incredible uptick in like civic education self-led civic education through these advocacy um projects you know and we've seen this all across the country with the partners that we have um, organizing these marches that it, it there's really no opportunity to make concrete change without protected voting rights and i think that is the main goal for youth advocates and for youth across the country and i think that the election in November particularly brought attention to the need for further protection of voting rights for youth particularly. That's great. I think you're really um, making some really good important points too. Like we definitely believe this at Generation Progress and this is so apparent across the board that in order to see progress on any of the issues um, that young people care about, we need a democracy that works, that um, includes all of our voices. And I think you're right too, like after so much that happened in the past year, and just to be met with this year with such a huge rise in voter suppression, it's so important and so critical for all of us to to participate in this march to kind of lift up our voices. Um, I'm curious, um, either Zilla or Yasmin, if one of you can, Well, once we get back, um, we can dive deep into the conversation around how this march ties back to earlier marches for civil and voting rights and the historical foundation that is part of this march. Um, So we look forward to to talking more to Yasmin and to Azalea um, to dive deep into that and also figure out more about how you at home can also be involved or attend this march. So we will be right back. Um, in just a few moments. This is the Generation Progress Takeover of the Leslie Marshall Show. I'm your co-host, Edward Theogene, and I'm also joined by the lovely Emily Leach. So we'll talk to you soon. We'll be right back. Follow Leslie on Twitter. Just go to www.twitter.com slash Leslie Marshall, and we'll be sure to share your tweets. 
Hello. I feel like a rock star with this music. Uh, welcome back to the Generation Progress Takeover of the Leslie Marshall Show. I'm your co-host, Edo Theogene. And I'm Emily Leach. Um, thank you so much for joining us. Today we are talking about the March on Voting Rights, which is happening very soon. We're joined by two uh, cool people from the Future Coalition. We're joined by Yasmin. Hello, Yasmin. Hi. Hi, welcome back. And we're also joined by Azalea. Hello, Azalea. Hi. Hi. So we were talking a little bit about the March on Voting Rights and all the cool stuff um, and all the cool people that are being brought together to really make this march happen. I'm curious um, if, uh, Azalea, you can walk us through a little bit about the historical context of this march and why this is so uh, phenomenal and important for young people to, to connect to this legacy. Absolutely. So it's kind of in conjunction with the 1965 passage of the original Voting Rights Act. Um, and, you know, this the Voting Rights Act being passed in the House last night, we're kind of at a at a perfect juncture for, for further action on voting rights. Um, the original March on Washington, we're coming up on its main anniversary. And the goal, um, in partnership with the Martin Luther King Foundation and the SEIU and a many other incredible organizations um, was to ensure that we're continuing the legacy that the civil rights movement originally started to protect voting rights. And unfortunately we have come a lot, we have come a long way and not made so much progress that we're in a place that we can say that the voting rights of Americans across the country, um, irregardless of identity are protected. And so really building upon that legacy and ensuring that everyone's voting rights are protected so that the advocacy that we can need, that we need to continue um, to build more progress to protect our disenfranchised communities um, continues on. Yeah, thank you so much for sharing that. Um, and you're right, like last night we passed, the House passed the Voting Rights Advancement Act, which is also named after John Lewis, um, the Honorable John Lewis. Uh, to pay honor to a lot of the work that he did to advance voting rights. Um, and this bill is really important because it restores um, a lot of what was taken out of the Voting Rights Act of 1965 by uh, the Shelby case and as well as a further um, by a recent case that happened with SCOTUS. So this bill would essentially add preclearance back into our voting rights system so that states could not pass um, discriminatory laws against people of color and continue to disenfranchise um, folks from actually voting. So uh, Yasmin, what are some of like the concrete goals of this march? I mean, the March on Washington back then was directly connected to the voting rights of 1965. Um, are there any big policies or big ask that this current march is asking for? Yeah, so Azalea, kind of touched on this before, but we're really focusing on, oh, I'm sorry. We're really focusing on um, for the People Act and the John Lewis Voting Rights Advancement Act. So again, as Azalea just said, really exciting that the House just pushed, um, just passed it. Um, but in regards to the For the People Act, you know, in all honesty, um, like, like mentioned, the date of this march was chosen because of the historic significance um, and I don't think anyone really expected that that we'd be in this pivotal timeline moment. I thought that I think that we all thought that we would have made a lot more headway at this point. Um, 
So really, really, really telling our leaders, our representatives, we're not falling asleep just because you are, you know, like the action is continuing. The momentum is continuing. All of August, there have been so many incredible grassroots groups, Generation Progress um, included, of course, that have been doing all these actions to say to the Senate, we need this bill. Don't go on recess. You know, the recess can wait campaign was incredible. So this March has really kind of become a culmination of all of the August actions to really push Congress to pass pieces of national legislation. In the city themselves, there are also local pieces of legislation being fought for. D.C. specifically is fighting for D.C. statehood. Um, Arizona is for the ballot box measure to be repealed, to keep early voting. Same thing in Florida about ballot boxes. And it's it's just so mind-blowing, really, when you look at every state to see how much voting rights are under attack all over the country and to just say, okay, that these pieces of national legislation need, need to be passed yesterday. Yeah, I think it really drives home something that, Azela, you were uh, saying earlier in our conversation about how it's so important to have legislative action. So while it's important to have direct action, it's also good for it to be coupled with good policy change. And I think in order for good policy change to happen, we also need people, um, we need the national energy. We need to put pressure on our members of Congress. We need to educate those in our network and make sure that their voices are also being lifted up. Um, so this is a really exciting moment. Um, I think like we're excited about the march. Generation Progress is a sponsor. Center for American Progress Action is a sponsor. Tons of organizations within the youth space are a sponsor. Uh, Azalea, for folks who are located in D.C., logistically, what are the details like for people who need to know about participating? What are the details people need to know about participating in this march? Um, and if you're not in D.C., how could you plug in? The best thing to do for anyone who wants to get involved in the March on for Voting Rights is to go to marchonforvotingrights.org, where there is an interactive map where you can find events that are happening near you. If there isn't a specific march that's happening in your city or in your area, there's a pretty good chance there's a virtual event that's happening, a time that you're available. There are a lot of events happening this week in particular leading up to Saturday. Um, and so that's a great way for anyone, regardless of their ability to participate in person, um, can opt in too. Awesome. What are some of the things that people can expect from some of those uh, virtual events or the in-person events? Like, are there um, any speakers you're excited about or any, um, like, I, I'm not sure how the virtual events are structured, but um, like other things that people should be looking forward to, like when they decide to plug into those events? Absolutely. So I, I guess I'll start with Saturday with the, um, the big event. The in-person marches, I believe it's D.C. in particular, um, is going to be joined by the Reverend Al Sharpton and Martin Luther King III and other incredible civil rights leaders and advocates and celebrities who are advocating for voting rights. Um, in terms of the virtual events, tomorrow at 5 p.m. ET, there's going to be a, an interactive mural unveiling that's happening virtually and in Atlanta. Um, gearing up for the march that's happening in Atlanta as well. Um, and we'll be joined by the Women of Color Coalition, Songs for Good and the Peace Poets. Um, and that will be an event that kind of centers the arts um, and youth action as well while combining this, this virtual and in-person event. And so there's a lot of great stuff that's happening 
Um, Monday, or excuse me, the 23rd, we had an event that centered, centered Gen Z and youth in particular, um, led by Future Coalition and about 25 other partners. That was a really incredible um, way that centered high schoolers and folks that couldn't even vote yet. Um, Yolanda King and the two youth mayors of D.C. spoke at that event. And so it's all of the virtual events and the in-person marches we have going on on Saturday are an excellent testament to like the true collaboration and like cross-issue intergenerational collaboration that this march and this whole pro- um, process has taken. Awesome. Thank awesome. you. Thanks. Yeah. And so to just reiterate that quickly, so people can go to the march on for voting rights.org um, and they can check the map to see uh, an event near them. So that's super exciting. I just, uh, put in my details for DC and I'm looking forward to attending on Saturday. So that'll be great. Um, but yeah, so I think, you know, we can start on this a little bit now and then definitely come back in our final segment. But um, Yasmin, can you talk a little bit about what some of the um, next steps are for acting on voting rights um, as people start to look forward and, and look beyond Saturday? Yeah, so um Sorry, can you can you still hear me? Yes, we can. Okay, cool. Sorry, I, it's, it keeps on coming on and off speaker. Um, yeah. So next steps, and I also just wanted to add quickly to Azalea's point. When you go to the website and uh, you see the map, there's the virtual tab. So the virtual tab has all of our virtual events. Um, specifically, tonight at five. Uh, we're having a day of action with Illinois organizers. So we're going to do a bunch of phone banking. There's a Black Women Town Hall tonight as well at 745 Eastern. Um, Glenda Carr from Higher Heights is joining. Um, we have some representatives joining, which is really exciting. Uh, Senator Herod from Colorado is hopping on. Um, then tomorrow we have an AAPI activist roundtable. Um, we have an LGBTQIA plus activist roundtable uh, and uh, a Black Men Matter roundtable yes, as well. That's so exciting. We'll get right back to that conversation after this commercial break. Okay, great. If you miss Leslie on TV this week, catch up at lesliemarshallshow.com. back to the Generation Progress Takeover of the Leslie Marshall Show. I'm your co-host, Emily Leach. And I'm your other co-host, Adwith Theogene. And today we are joined by two experts from the Future Coalition, uh, Yasmin Gordelia and uh, Azalea Deans. Um, and we are talking about the March on for Voting Rights that's happening this Saturday um, in Washington, D.C. and around the country um, through both in-person and virtual events. Um, so before we uh, went to our last commercial break, Yasmin, you were telling us a little bit about some of the things that you were excited about um, in terms of the virtual events that are happening um, this week and this weekend. Uh, so I wanted to give the mic back to you to, to kind of continue talking about um, some of those events and you know what people should be excited about as they tune in to, to some of these events around the country. Yeah, for sure. Thank you. And then I definitely want to go back to your um 
previous question, and, and sorry, I, I jumped uh, to adding on to what Azalea was saying, but yeah, these are just really exciting. Um, I mentioned what was going on tonight, what's going on tomorrow, and then, of course, also tomorrow is a mural unveiling and sign-making party that Azalea mentioned. Um, so yeah, just all these virtual events are a huge lead up to the march. Um, I know that also before you asked for some logistical questions, um, so I could definitely tell you for DC, there at 8 a.m. people are starting to gather in community at McPherson Square, and then at 9:45 a.m. is really when the march begins. So folks are going to march from McPherson Square past Black Lives Matter Plaza, past the White House, and past the Washington Monument. The march is going to close um, with the backdrop of the National Mall at 12th Street and Madison Drive. And until about three o'clock, there's going to be a series of speakers. There's going to be some performances um, and, of course, rallies to action. And one of those rallies to action is what is in reference to your previous question of what's next, um, if you would like me to go there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. That would be great. Okay, awesome. So this March, um, with all the excitement that is coming with it and kind of what we were talking about with the coalition that we've, we've even built, is a catalyst to a year-long voter registration program where we are registering 2 million voters in a program called Registration Nation. Um, so with all the attacks on voting rights, we only felt it appropriate to really ramp up voter registration at the same time, of course, continue these actions, making sure that when folks register to vote, their right to vote is protected, um, but kind of fighting fire with fire a little bit there. I love Yeah, it. absolutely. That's really cool. And I think that that's something that we've definitely talked about a lot at Generation Progress is, you know, how people can kind of get the information that they need in order to hurdle some of those barriers that are in place for people to vote. Um, so I think that that's great that that's something that you're all working on, too. Um, yeah, we're pumped. And it actually starts at the marches. So uh, one of our partners, Headcount, has launched this national program that at all of the marches, they're going to be registering folks and um, until November, it's gonna transfer into a mix, a hybrid of an on the ground and virtual program. Yeah, that's awesome. I think uh, one of the things that's really important too about this march is the current political landscape. Like I know all of us are converging together to fight to protect uh, voting rights so that folks can be registered and vote safely and have all the information and things that they need. Um, right now it's August recess, so Congress is taking a break. Um, and like you mentioned earlier, Yasmin, as soon as they get back, the first priority on the list is going to be the For the People Act um, in the Senate. So I think it's really important that we all get out there and lift up our voices and reach out to our members of Congress. Um, are there other ways that people can sort of like plug in, like to the registration effort, to voter education efforts, to any of these efforts with these bills, um, Yasmin? Um, yeah, there. a lot of our partners have really been doing on the ground work right now, um, which has been really exciting. And actually, you know, in a bunch of these virtual builds to the march, we are taking actions to call our legislators, to send emails to our legislators. Um, and to continue the pressure. Um, we also have started um, a texting, uh, text bank programs as well. And I know Azalea, you've been involved in, in including a lot of that in, in um, some of the programming. So I'm, I'm gonna pass it to you for that. 
Ooh, had a little bit of difficulty with the mute button there. Um, <laughs> yeah, so basically, the, the, the whole idea is to generate as much momentum as possible to get as many folks registered as possible and make sure that this march is not the last step and that none of these virtual events are the last step and that we have like a continued ongoing, I don't know, base of momentum basically for folks who are really, really passionate about perfecting our voting rights and text banking um, and like upcoming series with that are just one way that we're going to ensure that the fight continues um, specifically for the, for the People Act and for the Voting Rights Act. And yeah, basically. That's great. And um, Azalea, you're a young person who's involved in this fight. What would you say to other young people who are sort of like, eh, I don't know if I want to get involved in this. I kind of care, kind of on the fence. Why do I want to spend my time on this? I'd say that anything that a young person tangibly could care about that happens in the next 10, 15 years of their life, whether it's about student debt or whether or not they're going to be able to afford a house or the impact of the climate crisis on their life, it all comes down if they're not doing you know, concrete grassroots work on a regular basis on their ability to enact legislators who can create the change that they want to see. And without voting rights protected for individuals in all 50 states, regardless of their circumstances, those kind of changes are not going to be possible for us down the line. And if people do not start acting now, they will surely regret it um, in, in their future. Yeah, that I sound that sounds motivating. I'm motivated. Um, <laughs> some other ways too, like at the Generation Progress website, we also have a quick tool on our website that allows you to reach out to your member of Congress um, and tell them that we need the Senate to fix our broken democracy and advance for the People Act. So now is the moment to to really lift up your voices, and I think you can use this tool multiple times. So if you check out um, genprogress.org, you can check out this tool and learn more about For the People Act, um, which is you know historical le a package legislation that would protect um, voting, increase fair access to the ballot box, making it easier, not harder to vote, and the dominance of big money in politics, and ensure public officials work in the interest of the public, right, um, which is super important. So you can go to this march and learn how to be involved through like texting and volunteering, and you could do some relational organizing and bring along people within your community. And you could also use the Gen Progress action tool to just, I don't know, like email and make sure that your legislator hears from you. Um, we're about to, to wrap up the show a little bit, but before we do that, we still have like a few minutes. Um, Azalea, where can people like connect with you, learn more about your work um, and go for more information? I mean, the best way is through my work, which is through Future Coalition. So if anyone is interested, we have on the Future Coalition website, futurecoalition.org, um, a place called a tab that says network that um, gives the ability for any organization or individual, um, regardless of their experience or status to kind of join the network and get involved in our regular programming and I can't explicitly discuss it but we have a lot of really exciting stuff coming up in the next couple of months um, specifically in regards to um, voting rights protection that's all I can say. Um, oh. Sounds exciting, love a teaser. 
So I, I encourage everyone to loop into our network and um, find out what that, that special surprise is in the next couple, couple of months. <laughs> awesome. I can't wait. Um, Yasmin, where can people go to learn a little bit more about you and your work? You can also go to futurecoalition.com and you can also email me at yasmin at futurecoalition.org. Um, and I did also want to plug, um, I got too excited to pass on to Azalea, um, but a way to pledge to go to one of these marches and also pledge to register people to vote. We've created a texting program, so you can text the word pledge to 89799, that's 89799, and you will get information about the march near you. You will get information about how to plug into future activations, um, and that's definitely a big action that we're taking. And also at the marches, there's going to be plugging actions. Um, I love the tools that y'all have on your website. Uh, we definitely should just continue to amplify it. Um, but yeah, go to futurecoalition.com. Um, also go to marchon.com. And of course, go to marchonforvotingrights.org. Awesome. Well, thank you all so much. I'm so excited about the march happening this weekend and can't wait to attend DC. Um, but that's yes. about all the time that we have for today. So thank you so much to our guests. Thank you. Um, I'm so sorry. It's actually futurecoalition.org, but thank you so oh, much. Great. Futurecoalition.org. Um, good to know. But yeah, thank you so much. Thank you to our producer, Mark Grimaldi, and to all of our listeners. Um, we'll be back soon with another Generation Progress takeover of the Leslie Marshall Show. Thank you. This content was brought to you by the Michigan Association of United Ways. How you been doing? I've been doing pretty good. My dad is 80 years old. He has pre-existing medical conditions. Having COVID, I knew I couldn't see my dad and he needed me. I was nervous about the vaccine. As a person of color, we have a history of being used as guinea pigs. When he made the decision to become vaccinated, that's what gave me a little bit of bravery to move forward. Getting vaccinated helped me to get my life back. We asked people in Michigan why they got the COVID-19 vaccine. Because I am pregnant and we wanted to protect our baby boy. I believe in the science. Protect my friends and help our community. And I'm ready to get back to somewhat normal. I want to hug my grandma again. COVID-19 vaccines are tested for safety and trusted by doctors. Find a vaccine near you at michigan.gov slash COVID vaccine. A message from the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services.